3: Killarney
0: and South Kerry woke to bad news today, an indictment of mental health services for already vulnerable children and teenagers there.
2: Last month, a shocking HSC report shed light on how some of our youngest mental health patients are being treated here in Ireland. The report into South Kerry CAMS
3: is
1: truly shocking and so distressing for all of the families concerned. It is
2: very, very serious and it's unacceptable.
1: They've waited a long time for this report
4: and it's a very heart-hitting report and it doesn't hold back. The report
2: focused on South Kerry's Child and Adolescent Mental Health Service, or CAMS, as it's also known. While it highlighted the damage that can be caused by inappropriate prescribing of medication, it also exposed the severe lack of resources that are available when it comes to specialist child mental health services in this country.
1: Imagine a specialist cardiology service being run without a cardiologist, or a specialist cancer service being run without an oncologist.
2: Dr Ian Kelleher is a consultant child and adolescent psychiatrist, and he is Associate Professor at UCD School of Medicine.
1: It would be completely unacceptable that those services would be run without those specialists in place, and yet that's exactly what was happening in Kerry.
2: I'm Sarah Hopolloch, and this is in the news from the Irish Times. Today we ask, what does the South Kerry Cams report tell us about Ireland's crumbling mental health services? Jennifer Bray is a political reporter with the Irish Times. Jen, a couple of weeks ago, the HSE published a review examining the treatment of more than 1,300 young people who attended the South Kerry Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services over a four-year period. What did it find out?
4: Yeah, so as you said, the review examined allegations that young people who attended mental health services in South Kerry, that they were prescribed inappropriate medication. Um, this review was led by consultant paediatric psychiatrist, Dr. Sean Maskey. What it found was that there were 227 children who were managed by a junior doctor where the diagnosis or the treatment exposed them to the risk of significant harm. How seriously were they affected? What kind of health issues did they face because
2: of the type of medication they were given?
4: I think the reaction to the report tells you kind of uh, how serious it was, you know, and, and I would cover this uh, in, in terms of reaction in the doll. And it was described by Taoiseach Meal Martin, for example, as truly shocking and unacceptable. And there were really strong words from other opposition politicians um, when it was published. In, in terms of how the children were affected, the review found clear evidence of significant harm caused to 46 children, including Galaracteria, which is the production of breast milk, considerable weight gain, sedation during the day and elevated blood pressure. And the report also talked about the medicalization of ordinary emotional responses in children, there was also evidence of kind of inconsistent, inadequate monitoring of adverse effects from from medication and then and I talked particularly about secondary school children and how, you know, these diagnoses were frequently made without adequate evaluation and often without the input or, or, or full input of um schools and teachers. How did this all come to light? There is a whistleblower. Um, this is a locum consultant, psychiatrist, Dr. Ankur Sharma. He's the person who first raised concerns in, in 2020. So soon after he joined the mental health services in the area in Kerry, he noticed a file which raised concerns for him. It caused him to look at a number of other files, around seven other files. And then from that examination, he found what he believed were problems in relation to over prescribing and prescriptions. Then on September 22nd, same year, 2020, he wrote to a clinical director and basically he outlined um, some of his concerns and these included repeated use of polypharmacy. Now when we say polypharmacy, that's basically the prescription of multiple drugs at the same time. And um, he also raised concerns about the overdiagnosis um, of ADHD. What happened then was that a consultant psychiatrist was brought in to do a random audit of 50 files and the outcome of that was that the whistleblowers concerns were upheld what about the junior
2: doctor who was responsible for exposing the children to these serious risks according to the report what do we know about him
4: yeah so the junior doctor was not actually mentioned by name in the report and he we know from that review that he's no longer working with the service. But the allegations were made against a Dr. David Cromer, who was attached to the Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services in, in South Kerry. The CEO of the HSE, Paul Reid, has said that disciplinary action, if it's appropriate in any given instance, that it would be taken. But I think he was speaking very generally. And, you know, he was actually saying that it's, it's not a so much a specific disciplinary issue with one person, but there is a whole suite of what I think he called governance issues that need to be addressed and we also know that the issues raised in the report have been referred by the HSE to the guards and to the medical council.
2: Dr Ian Kelleher is a consultant child and adolescent psychiatrist and also associate professor at UCD School of Medicine So you've been working obviously in psychiatry for quite a while now. How surprised were you by the findings of the South Kerry CAMS report? I mean, you work in this industry, but did you realise the situation had become this serious?
1: I think, you know, my primary response internally, my emotions reading it was that I was really upset and disappointed. I was really deflated, actually. Really upset to see that there were children and adolescents coming to a specialist service in the state that had received such poor standard of care. And I think that was reflected amongst all my colleagues as we discussed it. We were were feeling just, uh, I think it was a gut punch to everyone to see this is the level of care being delivered in some centres. But, you know, was I surprised by it? No, I wasn't surprised because we knew that this was a centre that was running without a specialist child psychiatrist. And so, you know, it's ostensibly a specialist HSE service for mental illness, but actually is running without the specialist.
2: And that brings me on to the junior doctor who managed the case's reference in the Kerry Cams report. What kind of training would a doctor in his position have had and how much experience must she or he have before going into that kind of role?
1: So not knowing that individual doctor, but I can tell you about in general what, what that would look like. So someone would have to have completed a medical degree that is recognised by the Medical Council of Ireland. Uh, and I completed an internship year. And after that, it's really unclear what kind of training uh, that individual doctor or, or any other doctor in these what we call non-training junior doctor posts would have had. Um, there are situations where you have people who, you know, work for a locum agency and get moved around from post to post. And one day might be working in cams, the next day might be working in surgery, the next day might be working uh, in the emergency department. And that has become a real problem, our reliance on non-training doctors. So it used to be the case that the majority of junior doctors in Ireland were uh, in training posts. They were training to become consultants. They were under the supervision of a consultant in whatever the field was. And uh, that has shifted now where we have more non-training doctors. But in any case, you know, a non-training doctor could still be working under the supervision um of a consultant, but in this particular case in South Kerry, it was a a junior doctor with, as far as we know, no training at all in psychiatry, who was working without a, a consultant supervisor.
2: And in this case, we've also read that the children under this doctor's care were exposed to, quote, serious risk of harm through sedation, emotional and cognitive blunting, growth disturbance and serious weight changes. And there was also a report of significant harm being caused to 46 children. Why do you think this doctor was in this position without a supervisor? I mean, how much is the doctor himself to blame for what happened? Or is this more of a national systemic issue?
1: I've seen a lot of comments online about the report, and some of them have made analogies such as if you put an apprentice electrician in charge of wiring a house with no supervision from a qualified electrician, would you really be surprised if the wiring was done poorly or wasn't up to standards, so there was a risk of fires and of course, you know, we wouldn't be. And, and that was a situation here that the service allowed a junior doctor to work unsupervised. And we know that that's not safe. There's a reason why we train people for seven years to become specialists in different areas. It's not simply a case that you can replace them with a junior doctor who hasn't done specialty training. And so I think that is a systems issue. Why was a junior doctor allowed to work unsupervised? It's not safe for patients and it's also not safe for the junior doctor.
2: But overall, this is really a resources problem with the system, right? I mean, how many specialist teams do we have in Ireland at the moment? And is it
1: enough? Uh, We have just over 70 specialist CAMS teams, and we should have at least 100 teams. And even that, I think, is a bit misleading because people might think, okay, 70 out of 100, it doesn't sound so bad. But actually, when you look within those teams, many of them are grossly understaffed. So some have uh, under 50% of the required staffing to run a CAMS team. And so resourcing is an absolutely huge issue. I mean, across the board from the individual CAMS teams to sub-specialist services that are supposed to support those CAMS teams, eating disorder teams, psychosis teams, day hospitals, those are hugely underfunded and under-resourced. And so that creates a massive issue when it comes to people sitting on waiting lists trying to see a specialist. There just aren't enough. We have one of the lowest numbers of consultant child and adolescent psychiatrists in the Western world.
2: Why is that? Why do we have such a low number?
1: The biggest part of the issue is just underinvestment in mental health in Ireland. And so the World Health Organization recommends that 12 percent of a country's health budget should go to mental health. And in Ireland, that's at under 6 percent compared to, you know, the UK where it's 12 percent. And so that is a, a massive issue. You can't expect to massively under-resourced the system and still it's able to provide the clinical excellence that we would expect from specialist services. And so that is a big part of the issue. But also part of the issue is how we recruit and retain consultants. And certainly there have been uh, posts that have been advertised, including in, in Kerry, where they have found difficulty in recruiting a consultant. I think a major issue is that what tends to happen is when a, a consultant is not recruited, that advert goes back out again and again and again. And of course, nothing's going to change if you just keep re-advertising the same post. There need to be some changes or looking at why are we finding it hard to recruit someone Here and what can we do to incentivize somebody coming here? And one of the biggest factors I think in that is that in 2013, the government introduced a pay disparity between consultants. So consultants recruited after 2013 are paid 30% less than consultants who were recruited before 2013. And so the reality is you have equally qualified people coming in to do exactly the same job, exactly the same work, and a huge pay difference between them and a lot of consultants decide I'm going to move abroad where I'll have a better terms and conditions and I won't have to face you know that daily insult of uh, being massively underpaid compared to some of my colleagues and that's something that the minister for health recognized was an issue before he went into government and said that he would address but still hasn't been addressed you know
2: So how is all this affecting patients and more specifically children? I mean, what kind of dangers do these lack of resources within our mental health services pose for our children?
1: One of the issues is when there are a lack of resources is is long waits. And so young people can wait for a very long time on waitlists to get to see a specialist in this area. I mean, you know, there are certainly our CAM services that have a waitlist in excess of a year and that's really not acceptable. We know that early intervention for mental illness has a massive impact. It's far better outcomes if you intervene early. We also know that the majority of mental health problems that will be serious in adulthood actually have onset in childhood and adolescence. And so you are investing early to save later, to save from a health perspective, but also from an economic and fiscal perspective. And so not having these resources means that problems build up and build up and build up. Illnesses become more severe. People drop out of school, people don't go to college, people don't go into training courses, uh, people aren't able to take part in the workforce, they become disabled as a result of not getting the early intervention that they need. And so there's a massive knock-on negative effect of not providing those resources during childhood and adolescence. And then I suppose more specifically, there of course are all the risks of, of running a specialist health service without specialist input in terms of coming to the correct conclusions about diagnoses, the correct conclusions about the appropriate treatment, and then monitoring the treatment, monitoring response monitoring adverse outcomes, all of those things.
2: In the Kerry-Cams case, we heard that children were being prescribed antipsychotics and were left on this medication for far too long without a proper review of their case. How damaging could that be for a child? And also, would you be worried that this could also be happening outside of Kerry?
1: I think that it's really important to look across the country to see are there other other CAM services that are also being run without a consultant psychiatrist, without a specialist who has the skills and expertise to manage those particular problems because the risks are going to be far higher in services where that is the case and that needs to be urgently addressed. So that certainly would be a concern of all my colleagues that every CAMS should of course have a specialist child psychiatrist in it. When it comes to medication like antipsychotics we are very reluctant to use those medications in child security, we only use them when they're absolutely necessary and there are some cases where they are necessary in particular in psychosis and we know that the longer you leave psychosis untreated the poorer the outcome and so it is important to get in quickly with treatment but it's also really important that you have the specific expertise to manage and monitor those medications and so they can be very effective medications but they have serious risks and that's why they should be monitored by somebody with the appropriate specialist training.
2: One of the other upsetting things we heard about the medication that was prescribed in the Kerry Cams case was that three children began producing breast milk due to being wrongly prescribed. Now, this is very shocking for people to hear and to read. How common is something like that?
1: I mean, if you were to look at a total population of of young people coming to Cams, it's certainly not common. But there are certain medications that have effects on hormones. And so, you know, there's a, a type of medication that we sometimes use that can increase the level of a hormone in a young person's blood who's taking it called prolactin and the the pro there is prolactation the production of of breast milk so that can happen but again it's something that we monitor for so when we put somebody on medication that can cause that we check those hormone levels to try to ensure that that doesn't happen or if that is happening we're monitoring it and changing the medication appropriately then and so again it's something that as a specialist, you're well aware of, and you know how to address it. And the problem is when it comes to services where well, that expertise isn't there and somebody is uh, producing breast milk, very distressing to them and having no specialist to go to to sort out this problem.
2: As a doctor yourself, Ian, do you believe children are being overprescribed or underprescribed for mental health struggles? And doctors themselves, is there an increasing willingness perhaps to prescribe drugs to children who may be suffering from emotional pressures early on in their lives?
1: So the approach we take in any area of medicine, including in child and adolescent psychiatry, is to work on the principles of evidence-based medicine. And so we look at what is the research for a particular condition. And so if somebody comes to me uh, with a particular condition, be it ADHD, be it psychosis, be it severe depression, whatever the case is, it's not a case of me coming to a particular opinion that I like to use medicine or I don't like to use medicine. I look at what the evidence base supports. So what does the research show? is the best type of intervention for this problem. And sometimes the best intervention is medication. Sometimes it's uh, some kind of psychosocial intervention. Often it's a combination of the two when you get to the level of specialist CAMs, And so I think for sure in Ireland, I don't think that over-prescribing is an issue. I think often under-prescribing is an issue because there is still a stigma about taking medication for your mental health and that you know the conversation about it's okay to talk well it's also okay if it's needed to use medication if that's beneficial to you and of course in all these situations it's about weighing up the risks that go with medication as well as the positives that might come from treatment and where the treatment is not effective if it is a medication stopping that quickly again if it's no longer necessary.
2: Where do you think we should be looking to for advice on best practice when it comes to children's wellbeing and mental health? I mean, is there a CAMS type provision in another country that we could be styling our services on in improving what we provide?
1: I think there are a lot of countries that do CAM services very well, but I think we certainly have more than the capability of doing them very well here too. They just have to be resourced. And so it comes back to the issue of, you know, you have to fund these services to provide it. And so we have some of the best training in the world for doctors but the reality is people go into posts and then I think the word that's often used is firefighting. People feel like they're so overwhelmed that they, they don't have the resources to provide the clinical expertise that they have been well trained to provide and at the moment we're not training enough. You know how do you how do you attract people to particular areas? I think the, the you know the, a phrase that's said again and again uh, across all industries not just in healthcare and so on is you have to see it to be it. And actually, Child and Adolescent Psychiatry is is quite a big specialty, and yet only two of the six medical schools in Ireland have a professor of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. My own institution, UCD, Trinity College, have a professor of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, but... RCSI, UCC, NUI Galway, University of Limerick, none of them have a professor of child and adolescent psychiatry. And if you go through your years of medical training and you're not exposed to that specialty sufficiently, you don't have a leader in the medical school to look at, you just don't consider it. And so how do we improve our services too? Well, we need to resource it. That includes from a level of medical students getting the appropriate exposure so they see it and they can think, oh, that could be me. I could become that.
2: Jen, what about the parents of the children who were impacted by this? What have they been saying?
4: Yeah, I think parents, by and large, have been speaking about their devastation. They've been talking about, you know, the effect that it's had. Uh, Sinn Féin TD, Mark Ward, he talked about how after this review came out that he travelled down to Tralee and he met parents and and children who were directly impacted. And he talked about how, you know, you could see devastation in the eyes of the parents because, as a parent, you know, obviously it's it's a very, very difficult situation for them. Sock Dems co-leader Roshan Shortall also said in the doll that, you know, these parents, they did the right thing. They went to the mental health services for professional help. They waited years to access the service. And then this happens. Um, And, you know, I note as well in our own paper that we carried a report of one father who spoke about his kind of immense pain, his anger after his 14-year-old son went from being this really happy bubbly child into I think what he described as a zombie after he's prescribed a cocktail of drugs so the parents are obviously looking to see what their response will be from the government in terms of the the fuller review that's been commissioned and of obviously there's a lot of parents who want to take legal action too.
2: How has the government responded in the weeks since the report was
4: published? What measures have they said they're going to definitely take? They're looking at two issues at the moment. The first is what kind of non-adversarial process can be put in place to help families who are considering pursuing legal action. And we know there are at least, to the best of my knowledge, a hundred families who are considering that. And those talks, they're kind of scoping talks. They're still ongoing. I think the second piece of work, a big piece of work will be this nationwide audit that we've heard about. This has kind of two aspects. So there'll be a nationwide audit into prescribing practices and then there is also going to be an audit in relation to compliance with the operational guidelines in those CAM services. Those two were announced by Michal Martin. What we're waiting to see at the moment will be the terms of reference of the audit, you know, who will carry this out, what are the parameters and, I, I, you know, we were told that we would be expected to hear that quite soon so I would expect an announcement on that shortly. What about the Gardaí? Are they getting involved in any of this? Yeah. So, Guardy are uh, they're considering at the moment whether to launch a criminal investigation. They have invited parents of young people who are affected by the deficiencies in in the mental health service to contact them. You know, they've they have the report. They said they're examining the report in context of whether there are going to commence a criminal investigation. So, obviously, that work is going on at the moment. You know, and they've said that. Any parent or a guardian or young person who believes they've suffered any harm and they want to talk to the guards, you know, can do so. They've also talked about how any assessment will be carried out by a specialist team, which I think is important to reassure parents and that all contacts will be treated sensitively. And obviously that's really super important um, for especially for kids who've suffered and potentially quite a lot. So, you know, those investigations are going on in parallel with any conversations with the parents and, and the young people. Jen, thanks so much for your time. Thank you.
2: That's all for today. My thanks to our guests, Dr. Ian Kelleher and Jennifer Bray. Today's episode was produced by Suzanne Brennan. In the news, we'll be back on Wednesday.